On this week's episode, we drag you through Eileen Warnos' killing spree and the 2003 biopic Monster during the roughest recording session in THC history. So stash your 22 in your purse and meet us in the pod shed. We're nursing our hurricanes and talking about murder. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. And it's just you and me. (laughs) Just the two of us. If you listened last week, we had a special guest, which was Lori B's mom, but she's a... Hot mess express. She's a wild ride, man. You gotta be ready to buckle up and join along. And then special guest Mimosa... (laughs) We were just It a, was our Galandine's Day special. It was. It was so good. I'm so happy your mom was there mm-hmm. to do that with us. No no one better to have. Um so yeah, if last week seemed a little crazy, it was a little crazy. You should have seen it live and in person. I thought for sure she was gonna fall over on our whole laptop setup. Unfortunately, it wasn't like a serious case. Nope. Like it was, but I, it, yeah, but it was an older case. Exactly. Um and even the movie, it was like a really silly movie. So that was good. Yeah, no, of course. So that was fun. Um, also, if, uh, you know, thank you so much for all of the comments, the good reviews, the rating us. We really appreciate it. If you haven't left a review or rated us, please, if you could do that, that'd be great because it really helps out the podcast on iTunes or anywhere that you listen. If you could give it a, a like, a subscribe, a good rating, that would be awesome. We're trying to get out to more than just three people so that helps with that yeah so that's awesome um how was your week weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah right i had monday off i feel like i haven't seen her talk to you all week i know it's been a weird week i had monday off and then i worked in the office for two days and from home for two days and it's like so the week just went by just flew by Ooh, that wine is not bad it actually is a little um bubbly oh a little bit okay and it's really smooth i got us a rosé for our last episode but we went with the tall cans of seltzer which i feel like that was the more appropriate choice well i just had something i had to do the next day yeah exactly i couldn't be a complete piece of shit yeah so we're doing the rosé tonight and it's a new rosé we got our valentine's day rosé and it's nice. It's really light. Nice. And it's kind of, dare I say, crisp. Oh, I do like a crisp. A little bubbly. Mm-hmm. What's the brand? Give them a shout out, B. I have no fucking idea. That's what okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Wait for the refill. Yeah. I, um, E Online fucked me up yesterday because they had posted that it was National Wine Day. And this was at nine o'clock West Coast time. And I freaked out because I was like, oh, my God national wine day and we fucking missed it yeah. on our instagram yeah so i hurried i hurried up made a post and then i just double checked good. and they had the wrong date good it's not until may no um i do know i believe it's this coming monday is national margarita day okay because it's mo's birthday fantastic uh-huh. as it should be i know it's amazing so mo is her mother-in-law in case Correct. you're wondering um real quick a i only had one follow-up from last week and that was we were wondering if nirvana wrote one of my all-time favorite songs heart-shaped box about the movie which was called what my bloody valentine correct because he would put human hearts into heart-shaped boxes 
Uh, no, they did not. Mm-hmm. Kurt wrote it because Courtney had given him a heart-shaped box as like, I don't know if that was the present or if there was a present inside of the box. Okay. And originally it was heart-shaped coffin. No, oh, okay. But he changed it to heart-shaped box mm-hmm. for Courtney Love. So there you go. That's your fun fact. And who's to say maybe she picked out the heart shape because she liked the movie. Listen. You never know. It, <laughs> that could totally be feasible. Absolutely. We make things happen. Yep. Um, And then I found an all-time new favorite podcast. Ooh. Possibly my favorite true crime podcast of all time. Stop. Mm-hmm. Even better than the girls that inspired you to make. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm shook. Because it's two comedians. My favorite murder I love. I'm a hardcore. My favorite murder fan, as I'm sure everybody is, right? Um, I'm a murderino. I've listened since the beginning. I love them. Um, The main reason I listen to my favorite murder is I'm a Karen. I'm team Karen. That's my girl. I love her. She's a stand-up comedian. She's a great storyteller. I feel like she really brings it to the podcast. I also love Georgia, but Karen's... The reason I listen. Okay. So I found a podcast and I'm sure, again, if you're listening to this, you probably already know about it. I'm way late to the game and it's called Small Town Murders. Okay. It's hosted by two comedians who are both super funny. The main one who does the research and stuff. Great storyteller. Really funny. And they already have an established podcast about um, like sports and true crime. I want to say it's called like sports and crime or crime and sports. Okay. Which I suggested to Lou. Sure. Because I'm like, I'm sure you'll love it because these guys are super funny. And then it's sports. My husband's a huge sports guy. Yeah. But anyways, I've listened. I'm on like episode five. I've listened to it all week. And it is so <laughs> funny and delightful. They're kind of like us if I did way more research. They're like a very, res- like a, resp- a refined, a refined, funnier, sober version of us. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so maybe they're not like us at all. But, um, you know, I like it. They bring a lot of funny humor to We're like really terrible cases. to their channel. We're like the sloppy white oh, yeah. trash stepsisters to them. I love it. Yep. I respect so that. small town murders. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've heard to of it. We have something to aspire to. Yeah, for sure. Um, Except for the whole sober thing. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, and who knows if they're sober? I just mean that they don't get blackout drunk Sloppy. like we do by yeah. the end of every podcast. Right. So that's my new favorite. And the great thing about being late to the game is I have hundreds to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I almost love that about sleeper shows, where. You know, you hear like whispers about how good they are, but they don't like really get awards or anything. So the story doesn't get released and then you can just binge watch them. Yeah. Right. Where everybody else had to wait and you're just like the satisfaction of knowing you d- you already have the next or, episode. Or yeah, or just being up. late to the, like Lou and I were, um, I wasn't, Lou's just late to everything because he has a natural thing where he wants to he hate. He wants to hate it. Whatever's popular. Yeah. So, like, it took him three seasons before he started watching Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Game of Thrones. But, yeah, like, even shows like that where they're really popular. And it's like, oh, great. Well, now I get to go watch. I was like that with Luther. Mm. If anyone's ever watched Luther, it's a BBC show starring my boo, Idris Elba, who I'm love. a huge fan of. Um, you'd probably love Luther. Okay. Because they're only, like, 45 minutes long. And they are, like, dramatic, but they're really suspenseful. Yeah. And it, he's a murder detective. See? And it's great. Did you ever watch The Killing? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's almost like the British killing in the in the same amount of like intensity and like yeah. on the edge of your chair. 
Um, but it's Idris Elba, so and, and like, it's London. What more do you want? Yeah, we've been watching The Flight Attendant, and that's exactly how I would describe it, like yeah. a dramatic intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Luther's on Hulu right now, so if you mm-hmm. need a new show to binge when you're done with The Flight Attendant, bam, start watching Luther. Love it. Um, that's kind of it for me in my week. I didn't do much. Listened to a lot of small town murders. Hung out with my kids. That's all I've done. What and your week was weird. It was just yeah, between working from home and then working from work, and I don't know. Yep. Having the day off it was a long week, but it was short. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that's all I got to talk about. Mm-hmm. This week we are doing Eileen Warnos, America's first female serial killer. Oh, America's first? I didn't know I that. I mean, that's what they claim. Yeah. It's a little would, hard to believe, but yeah. Okay. Um, What else do they call her? The damsel of death, I, I believe. I like that. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out you're wearing your earrings tonight. I'm wearing my best friend um, podcast earrings. And they look really nice. I love them. And they're very high quality. They are. Especially the Jason. When I took it out, I'm like, ooh, this got some heft to and it. And they don't make your ears itch? Not yet. They didn't make mine itch. Not yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys listened last week, you'll know what we're talking about. And if not, go back go and listen. catch up yeah. on it. <laughs> Get it together. B got us matching best friend earrings. One is a Jason mask and the other one is a machete. And uh, I love them. They're super cute. Mm-hmm. So I wore mine this week. I, I even wore my red lipstick to go with them. Woo. I did my whole, I did makeup just for you. Obviously, the- because I'm the opposite. <laughs> Literally, when I walk through the door tonight and I'm like, where's my bitch? And your husband's like, oh, she's getting ready. And I'm like, for what? For you. I'm like, does she not realize what I'm going to look like yes. tonight? Yeah. And you're getting ready for me? And you're like cute little uh, girlfriend. I'm the Tyra to your Eileen. Yeah, you're my side chick. Um <laughs> I mean, literally, I look I look like a troll all day long. And it's like, yeah, the podcast, what an excuse to put to on some makeup. freshen up. Yeah, for sure. Put on some lipstick. I haven't done it all week long. So I might as well do it on a Friday. And it's funny. So working from home, I got off an hour earlier. So I would literally just be slumming it in my pajamas till like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, welcome to my life. And then I would do everything. Wash my face, brush my hair, clean up everything, throw on a little bit of makeup and then like go pick her up from school like a refreshed new person. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Totally. Mm-hmm. I usually, as a stay-at-home mom, I'll change out of my pajamas into like leggings and yeah. a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. Got dressed. Yeah, no, I would wear, I wore like different jackets and things and boots that I would never wear to work. Yeah, if I, when I used to walk into the school to pick up the kids, I would get more dressed. Yeah. But now with COVID, we have to be in the car. throw the kids in the car. Mm-hmm. We don't throw the kids in the car. Yeah. You drive up and the children get into the car. Yeah. So I'm literally never leaving the car. Mm-hmm. So I feel like leggings and a t-shirt are perfectly acceptable. You're lucky that I even have pants on if I don't have to get Dude, out of Dude, in car. the mornings, because it's um, so cold here, I'm wearing that my big winter jacket. Yes. I don't even have a bra on yet. No. I go from bathrobe to big winter jacket because yeah. they can't tell. Uh, you're, and boots. I would have my bathrobe on underneath the winter yeah. jacket. Yeah. And then I come home and take the winter jacket right off yeah. and get right back into my bathrobe. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, living it. Living the dream. Yeah. That all ends once the drive through is over. But yeah. for now, the drive through yeah, I'm not changing. Anywho. Oh, that reminds me. Listen, if you if you heard last week in our drinking game, you don't have to do the whole drinking game. I feel like I, I put too many steps. In the I don't. Game. I think it's a great drinking game. I do, too. But let hey, why don't we just every week we'll we'll pick and choose a couple. Mm. So we'll do this week. Anytime you hear us. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Anytime we do an anywho. Mm-hmm. And then you pick a third one. B. Cheers. Anywho. And then me exhaling. 
And then B, exhaling her medicinal smoke yeah. into the mic. If you hear those three things, any at any time you hear one of them, you have to take a drink. Yeah. So we'll do one for you right now. Boom. We'll cheers. Cheers. Back to the pod shed. Back to just the two of us. I like it. I love your mom, but she does. Uh, it was a lot. It brings a it brings a level of stress to the situation that you I have to just, be ready for. I still can't get over the fact that you honestly thought she was drinking wine. I wasn't paying attention. It's like you don't even know her. I guess I don't. <laughs> the I saw, amount of calories and sugar. She's like, I would never. First of all, first of all, don't come for wine like that. The reason I started drinking wine is because white wine is very low in sugar. Yeah. Compared to like, I mean, not compared to vodka. Right. Not compared to straight uh, liquor. Not compared to grain alcohol. And then she did. She started to mix it with seltzer. Yes, queen. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. So she really took it to that extra level. Oh, those two broads on TikTok who invented a vodka soda. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Dude, they got No, what did they call it? They called it blackout water. They called it blackout water. Yeah. And everybody in the comments dragged them because they're like, it's a vodka soda, huh? Yeah. But yeah, they these girls were like, and they upped it because did they use, I think they did, uh, no, were they using like bubbly or uh, like a LaCroix? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they weren't even doing the M&B standard. We do a vodka soda, but we've replaced the soda part, the soda water part, and started using truly. White Claws or Truly. Whatever. Whatever seltzer. seltzer. It's clear. It's bubbly. Mix that with vodka and maybe a a splash of some juice. And Mm -hmm. we mean... A splash. We want just a tint of color just to feel better about ourselves. It's like a little touch of blush. Yeah. Literally. Mm -hmm. Such a little amount. But yeah, they they were like, this is blackout water. And it was like a fucking LaCroix with a... They're like, and we like to use a lot so you don't have to use this much. And they poured like a shot of vodka in there. And they squeezed a lime and thought they really did Uh something. And then TikTok dragged the fuck out. God bless them. They're super cute. I'm sure they're very sweet and fun. But... They did just reinvent a vodka soda. <laughs> Which, well, is, in all fairness to them, if you drink enough of them, I guarantee you, you'll black out. I, I do it all the time. It's kind of like how everything's getting remade these days. Right? Every movie's getting remade because we have no more new ideas. So why not remake the vodka soda into a blackout? And I love... But at least add some ecstasy to it. Like, really, hey. t- and really take it there. I mean, your Maybe generation your sh- from Molly, listen, Molly listen. on the edge... Here's my patent pending idea. Instead of a salt rim, we're doing a cocaine rim. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Yes. Now that's a cocktail. Now that's a drink. That's a fucking blackout water. That no, because the cocaine's keeping you awake. Oh yeah. That's a party in a glass, baby. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. Next thing we know, two of our three viewers, viewers, listeners have died from trying our, <laughs> our cocaine recommendations. rim. Hey, this is, I just signed, I know what we're doing for our 40ths, which are in four years. Yeah, the Olympics, right? Remember you sent me no, those? No, I'm changing it out for the cocaine rim drinks. That could be at our Olympics. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a real Olympics. You got to do a line and a <laughs> cocaine rimmed drink. Right, we want to get the inflatable slide. Somebody get the paramedics on standby. <laughs> These old bitches. Oh my God. They're dying hey, on their 40s. At least we'll go out when we still look good doing what we love. I guess that's true. Speaking of Eileen Warnos. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> 
Um, and then, of course, the movie obviously we're doing is Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you had to watch your serious movie. I cannot wait to tell you guys about Bee's Look of the Week this week. <laughs> making up for the serious movie she had to watch. So um, I read an article on Investigation Discovery, of course, Wikipedia. But I got to be honest, this really, more so than almost any case we've ever done, Wikipedia had stuff on there that I didn't see or hear anywhere else. So I did not include those things, even though they did add some, um, like, even more interest to the Mm -hmm. whole situation. But not having any... I don't know if someone just made this shit up. Right. I um, respect that. And then, of course, because this is our new thing, I listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. So at this point, my podcast is just turning into what other I listen to other podcasts and just to? regurgitate mm-hmm. it to you guys <laughs> and pretend it's our idea. Yeah. Um, but I listen to a, the podcast is literally called Serial Killers. And they did a two episode um whatever coverage of Eileen and it's great because each episode was only like 30 minutes and some change. Okay. So easy to digest. It's a man and a woman. They take it very serious. They give you lots of facts. They paint the picture. Perfect. Great podcast. So that's called Serial Killers. I listen to them on Spotify. You ready for Eileen? Give it to me. Come, Dude, the song for Instagram. Should we do Come On Eileen? Is that out of pocket to do? Or in my whole thing was Nicki Minaj's monster verse okay that i'm a motherfucking monster so something to think about Mm. let us know well you won't hear it before right (laughs) no let us know just kidding well you'll let us know if we picked the right song or the wrong song Mm -hmm. yeah i'm leaning towards the come on eileen because i never would have thought about that and even though i think it's spelt different uh probably right because it's like eileen i think she's like an alien but whatever Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard because it's very close. The way um, Eileen's name is spelt is very close to my Aunt Aileen's yeah, name. See? Mm-hmm. And this whole time I have to keep reminding myself it's... I even looked up the pronunciation to make sure I hadn't gotten it all confused in my head. Well, I get lucky because for some reason in the movie, maybe this is true in real life. We'll find out. They, she goes by Lee? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. There At some point, she changes it up to Lee. Okay. Um, oh, that's true. I guess I could have done Lee the whole time. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're starting off with Eileen because that's how she's born, baby. So February 29th, 1956, she's a leap year baby, mm. which I think is kind of special. I agree. She's born Eileen Carol Pittman in Rochester, Michigan. And of course, her life starts off. Ru- I mean, her whole life is rough, but yeah. we're starting out the gate immediately bad. Um, her mom, Diane, is Barely 15 years old when Damn. she runs away and elopes with um, 18-year-old Leo um, in 1954. One year later, Eileen's big brother, Keith, is born. And less than two years after their wedding, after getting married, after their elopement, Diane and Leo divorce. Leo, of course, is shocker, abusive as fuck. So they divorce. And then two months after that, Eileen is born on a leap year. Um, Eileen actually never meets her dad, Leo, because he's in prison for raping a seven-year-old girl. Ew. Maybe we should have said trigger warnings before that. Ew. So trigger warnings for everything, for child abuse, incest, murder, all all the bad things you could think of. So if that triggered you because I didn't give you a warning, I apologize off the jump. I should have warned you. 
This is an explicit podcast, and we're talking about some terrible fucking things. So Dad Leo is in prison for that. And then there's also the possibility that he murdered another child, and I never heard or saw a follow-up on that. So he's just an all-around scumbag piece of shit. He eventually hangs himself in prison. Oh, too bad he couldn't have hung himself before the raping of seven-year-old yeah, girls. You know. But, um, you know, eventually he gets around to it. You piece of shit, Leo. <coughs> so, um, January 1960. Um, I See, I almost did it. I almost said Eileen. Eileen's almost four years old when her mom decides to just up and leave the kids. Abandons them. Okay. Leaves them with her parents. So their maternal grandparents. Okay. Who are both raging alcoholics. Um, but they do adopt, officially adopt Eileen and Keith. Now, Eileen is especially close to her grandma, but her grandma is a raging alcoholic, though mm. she does love and care for Eileen a lot. She's a fucking alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And she also completely turns a blind eye, blind eye to the fact that her husband is extremely physically and verbally abusive. I would assume to both kids. But we don't but know. specifically, definitely to Eileen. Yeah. He ends up eventually sexually assaulting and eventually raping Eileen. Yep. So he's also a piece of fucking human dog shit. Um, Eileen's also, besides her grandma, she's super close to her brother Keith. So close, in fact, that they start a sexual relationship. Oh. So that's going on. Oh, and it's hard to say. I read somewhere that Keith was raping Eileen, which I guess you could chalk it up to that. However, he's like less than two years older than Eileen. Mm-hmm. I think they're very close in age, so it's not a case of an eighteen-year-old brother like overpowering with his minor yeah. sister. They're really, really close in age. Yeah. So, and they both have apparently very fucked up childhoods right very fucked up parents. they could be seeking each other yeah. who knows i know who knows it's just fucked up just out wow. the gate it's fucked awful eileen this is one of those cases where you feel very i feel very torn because she's definitely guilty of her crimes correct but god damn it everything that you could do to set somebody up to be a serial killer happens to this poor woman i mean she is absolutely a victim in her own right she has the worst fucking life possible agreed and it's just what do you do man right she needs intense lifelong therapy probably medication she needs help she needs somebody to give a fuck about her to love her and she just never gets those things. No. So, anywho, well, there's your drink, Yay! guys. Anywho, I'll take a drink for y'all. Okay. And hey, should we cheers? Cheers. Double uh, drink. Uh, hey. All right. So, by 11, Eileen is, they talk to like her only childhood friend, acquaintance. By 11, she's shy. She's a shy, scared kid, but she does have a bad temper problem, as Mm -hmm. a lot of kids who come from abusive households do, right? They lash out. And she has this, like, victim mentality, which 
she is a victim. But this also spills out to every aspect in her life. She kind of just feels like the world is against her. Everyone's against her. And I can completely understand why she feels that way. Because yeah. it feels like, the I mean, the world is against her. Absolutely. I'm, you know, I, I can't imagine being a child and never getting any kind of love or support no. or kids need that shit. They need the attaboys. They need the gold stars. They need all of that stuff. And all the attention that she is getting is towards her body. It's well, she hasn't gotten there yet. Okay. So I'm getting there. That's actually mm-hmm. a great segue. So um, she's made fun of a lot. She's mocked by her peers. She's wearing ill-fitting, poor clothes. She has bad hygiene. She has almost no social skills. Right all you name it not great things when you're trying to just fucking fit in a little bit somewhere so eileen starts going to what they call the pits which is just like the local hang for the teenagers Mm -hmm. to drink and smoke and be dickhead teenagers right um and of course they all either ignore eileen completely or just make fun of her Mm -hmm. until a teenage boy offers 11 year old eileen a cigarette in exchange of a sexual act. Yep. And Eileen does it. They yep. go off to the woods. She does whatever she's got to do. She gets her cigarette. She ends up getting a beer. And so now she's allowed to hang in the pits with the teenagers. And this is for direct exchange of sexual acts. And, you know, they'll throw her a bone every once in a while. Right. No pun intended, but like an actual, oh, yeah, here's a cigarette. Here's some food. Here's a beer. Yeah, you get to hang with us all while degrading her using her calling her awful names but like you said she's getting the attention Mm -hmm. that she's wanted craved desperate for Mm -hmm. her whole life and this is reinforcing the idea that sex is a tool correct right sex is a means to an end to get what you need in life yes so at 14 eileen is raped by one of her grandfather's friends because not only is grandpa doing whatever he's doing he's bringing his friends around have at it guys So one of his piece of shit scumbag garbage friends rapes his granddaughter, gets her pregnant (gasps) and gets her. I mean, so back then they ship you off to she goes to a home for unwed mothers where she gives birth to a boy in 1971 who's immediately given up for adoption. Yeah. She goes back home. And a few months later, when she's 15, her beloved grandmother dies. Ugh. I believe it's cirrhosis of the liver. Is that uh-huh, a thing? Uh-huh. From all the alcoholism, right? right? And then shortly after that, Eileen drops out of high school. Her grandpa kicks her out of the house. Now she's 15, living in the woods. Got nothing. Using sex work to get by. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So 1976, she hitchhikes to Florida where she meets 69-year-old wealthy yacht club president, Louis Fell. Mm. What they see in each other, what, I mean, listen, God bless Eileen, what 69-year-old wealthy Louis sees in, you know, teenage sex worker, wrong side of the tracks, Eileen, who knows? I wasn't there. They see, he sees something in her. They get married very shortly after they meet. Wow. So, you know, Eileen's a kid though. And she's a fucking rough, rowdy, ready to start some shit kid. Yeah. She's only five foot three. But Charlize Theron, 
who I'm sure we will be talking about a lot in a little bit. Yeah. Um, said that even though she's five foot three, she carried herself like she was six foot four mm. and she intimidated people like she was six foot four. And that's just the the shell you have to put on when you grow up the way she grows up. Right? Gotcha. I'm going to fuck with you before you fuck with me. Right. I'm not going to let you have a chance. So, you know, she's getting drunk. She's drinking. She's getting in bar fights. She's hitting bartenders with pool cues or not pool cues. Um cue balls yours okay right okay she's starting her shit um she's physically attacking her elderly husband lewis (laughs) getting in trouble with the law left right and center so i believe it's nine weeks or so after their wedding lewis is like ah this was a mistake yeah that's a lot files for an annulment files for a restraining order and uh you know eileen's on the road again. Once again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to nothing. She got a taste of the good life. Couldn't hang. And in all fairness, who knows what Lewis was doing? Maybe he was a piece of shit. He could have been. I didn't read anything about Lewis. You know, there you maybe go. he was an abusive piece of shit. I don't know anything about him. There you go. Um, so I mean, listen, besides the killing of people, I'm kind of on Eileen's side. I have such a soft spot in my heart for like the underdog. I know. Just like it's not the same as the West Miss Memphis Three because all the signs point to them being falsely accused. Right. Right. Who knows? Maybe they did it. I feel like they didn't. But it's the same kind of thing where it's but just we like. we know that Eileen. Oh, Eileen's 100% yeah, guilty. Exactly. But still, but you regardless. still have such a soft spot for somebody who's been so abused and neglected and sexually abused and. Like I said, what? how else did you guys want her to fucking turn out? Exactly. People go on to kill who experience much less in their right. life. Right. Great point, B. Um, so she's on the road doing her thing. Shortly after her, this whole shit implodes, her big brother, Keith, who, you know, good, bad, or in between, she loved, she was very close to, unexpectedly dies. Wow. Of cancer. Okay. She spirals. Yeah. She doesn't know what the fuck to do now. Of course. The only two people who she ever felt a connection to, who ever felt like gave a fuck about her. Gone. Gone. Um, So she's still doing her thing. She's doing her sex work. She's living kind of right outside of Daytona, Florida. Her specialty, like what she does is she waits on the side of off ramps of the freeway and her Johns will come pick her up. They'll drive to some desolate location. Yeah do what they got to do and then they go back and drop her off right the balls on this five foot three girl to go with these dudes in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night yeah i'm assuming i mean maybe it's in the middle of the day but it feels like a nighttime transaction situation yeah and just take her out into the middle of nowhere do their thing and then drop her back off i mean that's a ballsy move Mm -hmm. she's seeing about six to seven johns a day and it's not like she has um someone she's working for who's caring for her it's just her correct she's a solo act correct so yeah she's seeing about six to seven johns a day she does carry a 22 caliber pistol in her purse just in case but so far she has not needed to use it Mm -hmm. um besides sex work Eileen kind of goes on a little minor crime spree, some robberies, some check forging, right? Car right. theft, resisting arrest, yeah, yeah, yada, yeah. yada, yada. In 1981, this all comes to a head when 
Eileen robs a convenience store in a bikini. Oh. Is found by police walking barefoot on the side of the road in her bikini. Yeah. With a gun in one hand and about $30 and some change in the other. Sure. Which to me is like. You did all this for $30? And it's the most Florida robbery in the history of Florida. Right. The bathing suit, the gun, the barefoot, the $30. Like. It's just. What? More? How much more? What, does she need to have a gator on a leash? You couldn't have grabbed a bag of fucking chips with your $30? Like Florida shit I would have shoved the money in my titties and I would have grabbed other shit with my empty hand. $30? I mean, it's Florida. So what does she grab? Whoa, this is back in the day. $30 and a bottle of booze? I I was going to say a Monster Energy drink, but this is the... No, give me a bottle of booze. You know, 80s. So they don't have Monster Energy drinks yet, but that feels... 40 of liquor. Very... Yeah, 40 of liquor, you know? Mm -hmm. Little old English... All right. So for that stunt, she spends three years in prison. All that over $30. But she's doing her thing for like $30 a pop is the lowest she goes. She usually does it for more than that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you do all of this to get locked up for something that you could have gone and done in a car with a dude, which you obviously have no qualms about. Right. But whatevs. Mm-hmm. Whatevs. Okay. You know, maybe she was bored. So three years in prison. Here's the one good thing that comes out of it. She realizes she's gay. She realizes she likes women. Okay. Because up until now, she's never been able to explore her own sexuality. True. Her sexuality, her sex. Has been has like forced upon her. Forced upon her, ripped away from her, mm-hmm. taken, you know, against her will. Or she's used it as a tool. Right absolutely right so mm-hmm. now that she's had some time to fucking breathe she and knows think about likes. it and figure it out she likes women so you know there's one small silver lining <gasps> also i'm a firm believer that you're born gay but even if you're even if you weren't born gay even if you were born straight after the life she's lived with these pieces of shit disgusting women. men raping her forcing themselves on her and right. now she's in the sex work trade and it's like, listen. Who wouldn't want to come home? We're very pro-sex worker, right? You you know, you do you as long as you can be safe doing it. You know, That's all we care about is that you've got someone. That you're safe. To help you. That's why I want it you. legalized. Yeah. Because I'd love to be able to regulate it. Absolutely. And make sure that you don't have to rely on abusive pimps to do it. Yeah. That you don't have Get to put yourself healthcare. in dangerous situations like Eileen's doing. That you can have health care and STD <coughs> screenings and condoms and all that shit. Work is work. Legalize it. Anywho. Um, oh, there's your anywho. Anywho. <laughs> because after all of that shit, like, ugh, these scummy dudes no. with their little fucking dicks. Like, yeah. ugh, no, gross. Who to, who, it's like if you're a gynecologist ugh. and the last thing you want to do is go home and look at another <laughs> vagina. the same No, thing. I know, but. I feel like you might be giving gynecologists a bad name right now. And I feel like all the male gynecologists want you to shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, aggressive. I just feel bad now for all the gynecologists. No, no. It's just like what you're saying is like after all the men and the the dick in our life. Right. I feel like the difference is a gynecologist is like a doctor who have wives and it might be a little rude to their wives 
for you just to assume that their husbands or don't want their go partners don't want to see their pussies because okay. they've looked at them all day long. All right. But I get what you're going for. Mm. No, no, no. I mean, you know, these scummy fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. Of course she likes women. Right. I mean, of course. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Mm. I feel the same way about strippers, although stripping is different than what Eileen is doing. Yeah. It's like, ugh, all the grubby guys. And I love strip clubs. You love strip clubs. Oh, Our husbands go to strip clubs. But That's I just mean. the first thing I want to do when the fucking world <laughs> opens back But can out. we go to the city and go to like a mm-hmm. good strip club? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, same thing, right? Where it's like, ugh, strippers are beautiful and they're goddesses and they're having to deal with drunk dudes. And it's like, oh, God, how could you ever go home to right. a dude after that? Mm-mm. Amen. So feel you on that here we go 27 years old eileen's released from prison this is when she finally starts going by lee Lee. right what page am i on (laughs) this is like me last episode (laughs) disaster a disaster it's all good because we get to edit out most of the disaster Uh, they'll never i also how would they enjoy right they know. They'll never know. How would they know? Uh, okay, here we go. Eileen, 27, out of prison, going by Lee, into women, meets 24-year-old Tyra Moore, Okay, who's a hotel maid. Mm-hmm. I think I read they met at a lesbian bar, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure about that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they, they, they fall for each other. Eileen finally knows some kind of love in her life that's not a family member, right? Ugh. No, I didn't mean that about Keith. I meant like it was her grandma. Oh, no, I know. It was Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I know. So, <clears throat> she, but now she's got Tyra. Now she's got Tyra Moore. So they move in together. They live together in a um, motel room. The Fairview Inn, which is a real shitty motel in Florida. Um, and Eileen supports the couple with her sex work yeah. profits. Yep. Great. So, um, but, you know, so now Eileen's approaching her 30s. We all know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Ladies. It's a blessing. And a curse. <laughs> you know, listen, it's been a hard life. It's been a lot of drinking. It's been a lot of cigarettes. It's been a lot of time outdoors, a lot of homelessness. So, um, you know, the 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 sex work thing is slowing down. Take Okay. Right? Yeah. She's. What were you going to say? I, I was just saying it's taking its toll. It's taking its toll, which is taking a toll on her, on her work. Yes. Right? So the sex work's slowing down. She's not getting as many Johns as she was getting before. Tyra's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. They need money. Mm-hmm. She does not want to lose their sweet setup at the Fairview. <laughs> at the Fairview Inn. So, and of course, Eileen's terrified of losing Tyra, right? Obviously. First person who's shown her any kind of love. Of course. Any kind of affection. Of course. So, November 30th, 1989. Eileen gets picked up by a man named Richard Mallory, a 51-year-old convicted rapist who has recently got out of prison. He takes Eileen to the woods where they drink vodka, get a little fucked up. But then Richard tells her, you know, he can't get off 
without, you know, hurting her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ties Eileen's hands to the steering wheel where he proceeds to beat the shit out of her and sodomize her. Mm-hmm. After he's done, he gets out of the car to go do whatever the fuck scumbags do when they're done. Right. And Eileen gets her hands free. Thank goodness. She pulls that twenty-two from her purse. Fuck yeah, she does. Shoots Richard multiple times in the chest, killing that motherfucker. Uh, uh, yeah. Right? <clears throat> so that's what I'm saying. I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm a little torn about the, about Eileen's case. Right. Like, right here, end yeah, it like, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck him up. Right. Shoot that motherfucker. Absolutely. So, um, you know, running high on adrenaline and whatever just happened, Eileen pulls his body into the car, takes all of his cash, most of his possessions, and drives his car to the closest junkyard where she rolls Richard's body up in a carpet and then heads back home to Tyra and the motel. Wow. Okay. She shows Tyra the cash, all the shit she got. The sweet new ride they just got, mm, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, Tyra has a lot of questions. She tells Tyra everything and tells her, you know, it's self-defense. So, you know, because it's self-defense, Tyra's like, don't tell me anymore. Great. We'll keep it, but we can't keep the car, right? The cops will be on to us. Mm-hmm. So they drive the car. They hide it somewhere. I think they hide it in the woods. So the police find the car in the woods with Richard's wallet and ID still in it. And empty booze bottles. So they figure this piece of shit just got out of prison, whatever. He's probably off drunk somewhere. Okay. Fair, That's it. Fair enough. That's it. <clears throat> so Eileen heads back to work. She's got a new attitude, though. The killing of Richard has set something off in her. Yeah. She finally feels power. Right. Fuck these motherfuckers. Right? Yeah. With that new power, she also proposes to Tyra. Tyra says yes. Wow. You know, we're on an upswing here. Okay. Um, Tyra goes to the pawn shop with Richard's possessions, including his camera. Um, but the only way that she can, you know, give him to the pawn shop for money, sell him to the pawn shop, is she has to give fingerprints and show an ID. She does both those things, right? Okay. Now, bodies of middle-aged men start popping up all around the Florida Georgia line. Mm. They've all been shot with 22 caliber pistol. Okay. And police are like, yeah, it's weird, but they're kind of looking for a man or for men. You know, it's just a lot. It's it's yeah. it's a lot to like overtake the men. You know, they're like, eh, who could do that? A man must have done it, right? Oh, wow. okay. Eileen is still servicing six to seven Johns a day. So why these men? Because she's my point is she's seeing, she's taking care of so many Johns a day that it's like she's not killing all those guys. Correct. So what is it about the guys that she's actually killing that um, that's making her do it? Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple theories. Is it their age? Because they're all around the same age as her grandpa and his piece of shit garbage friends were when they raped Eileen. Okay. So is it triggering her? Um Right, because she has the Having, rage. like, flashbacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or are the men, are these in, men in particular getting a little too violent with her, mm-hmm. like Richard, mm-hmm. um, which is also triggering her as a sexual assault survivor? You know, maybe she's just freaking out. Um, you know, or is it just she's robbing them? You okay. know, who knows? Yeah. So, July 4th, 1990, a drunk Eileen and Tyra 
crash a car into a neighborhood. They're driving erratically through a neighborhood on the 4th of July. So all the neighbors are out. On the 4th of July. So all the neighbors are out, hanging out, right? Kids are playing in the street. Adults are talking on the porch. There's barbecues. Here comes drunk Eileen and Tyra. I I believe Irene's driving erratically. They crash the car. They get out of the car yelling at each other. (laughs) Yeah. Push the car up out of the bushes off the side of the road. Get back in the car. Floor it to make a getaway. About 100 yards later, the car stalls. You think? (laughs) So, hold on. Let me rearrange. Thank you, friend. You got it. So, um, you know, of course... So, okay, okay. So the car stalls, they get out of the car, they run away mm-hmm. on foot. Yeah. I leave cor- the car. Leave the car. Yeah. I have nothing they can do about it. Right. So, of course, the people call the police. The neighbors call the police. They have a description of the two girls. Not even that. Better than that, as the police are coming into the scene, they pass Eileen and Tyra. <sighs> they stop. Like, what's going on? Eileen flips out, cusses out the cop, starts being crazy. So Don't the cop, fucking ask me questions. The cop's yeah. like, all right, fuck it. Right. Let's him go. And he's like, I got to go check yeah. on this weird car oh, situation. Oh, my goodness. So the, he gets to the car, the, or I should say the police get to the car. They find out the car belongs to a missing 65-year-old man, Peter Seams. There's blood found inside the car. Mm-hmm. They pull a palm print from the door and... They get the composite sketches of Eileen and Tyra from the neighbors and also from the police officer who yeah. just passed him, right? Right. And that's it. They don't know anything. They don't connect it to the other men who have been murdered. Their bodies have been popping up. They're just like, here's a car. This dude's missing. Okay. We got a print. Okay. We got a sketch of these two fucking weirdos that these neighbors saw right. run out. But they don't really think much more of it. Yeah. So amongst all of this shit happening... Tyra, you know, Eileen's worst nightmare happens. Tyra starts to pull away from her. Yeah. She starts to freak a little bit. Eileen's desperate. They get into a huge fight. Eileen leaves to go clear her head or whatever. She ends up killing another man. This one's done even sloppier than the others. She leaves his body just in a ditch. Ooh. And so when police find him, he's the same as these other dudes who have been popping up. So now they're starting to figure out, you know, they, they might be all connected. They form a task force to try to figure out what's going on. You know, this whole time they keep thinking it's a man committing the murders. Um, but then they start to think like, because they thought it was a man and they thought it must have been a man hitchhiking. Yeah. They thought that these people were picking up hitchhikers. But then they're like, why would Who they? Who else s- hitchhikes? Right? Well, not just that, but they're like, why would they stop and pick up a hitchhiker to begin with like Mm -hmm. hitchhikers are dangerous let alone a dude like how many of these guys are going to pick up a dude hitchhiker yeah so that kind of leads them to think that it might be a woman Mm -hmm. behind it then they remember the sketches of these fucking two crazy with the dude with the missing car yeah i believe that they never find peter's body at least they haven't found peter's body up until this point the guy who owned the car yeah but they're like, he's missing. He's right. the same age as these other dudes. You know, what are the chances? Yeah. So they release Eileen and Tyra's sketches to the newspaper and, you know, ask for some public help. So then they have the idea, since a lot of these guys were robbed, to start looking at the pawn shops. Yeah. 
start searching the pawn shops. They find the pawn shop that Eileen went to with her first dude, the Richard, the piece of shits. Um, they find his camera, which of course leads them to Eileen's ID. And of course it leads them to her fingerprints, which match the palm prints, the fingerprints yes, that they got off the of car. Course. Right? Right. Great. They got the person they're looking for now. They track her down to the Fairview Inn, but Eileen and Tyra have now broken up. They're not there anymore. Mm. Tyra's moved back home where her wherever she came from. Yeah. And Eileen's homeless and on her own again. So January 8th, 1991, Eileen is at her favorite dive bar, which is called The Last Resort. Oh. Which is so fitting. Fitting. What an amazing twist. Yeah. Um, where she meets these two dudes who claim to be drug dealers. They hit it off. They talk all night. They have a great time. They're buying her drinks. Fantastic, right? So then she goes home. Well, not home. Goes back to car. Yeah. Goes back to wherever she's at. Right. The next day, boom, 11 a.m. She's the first one at the last resort, you know, ready to open it up, start her day. Right. And here come her new friends, the two dudes that claim to be drug dealers that she met last night Mm -hmm. but these two dudes are not drug dealers they're undercover cops yeah and they talk to her again for a couple more hours buy her beers and then they invite her to go outside and have a cigarette she goes outside to have a cigarette with her two new friends of course into an ambush where multiple police officers are waiting for her they ambush her they arrest her um and the cops also have uh, or investigators have found tyra They interviewed her and have convinced her that if she can get Eileen to confess and if she testifies against Eileen um, in trial, she'll be let, she'll, you know, she'll be let off. Right. Mm -hmm. Fine. So they get her down to Florida. They have Eileen in custody. They get Tyra to call her and talk to her. And um, Eileen knows right away. She's like, just tell them whatever. Yeah. She knows that they're there listening. So she's like, just tell them whatever whatever they want to hear. Just tell them. I'll confess to everything. You're innocent. Yeah. I don't want you to get in trouble. So you just tell them everything. Aww. I'll confess to everything. Yeah. Done deal. Um, And she does. The next day, Eileen confesses to seven murders. And she tries to sell her life story rights. Um, but Florida prohibits it. And so... All the cops that worked on her case in the task force get paid to tell her story, though. Right. Oh, and so this whole I think she's in prison for like 10 years. Besides the whole she doesn't make any money off of it. That's fine. Um, But she's finally getting the attention. Right. She's finally getting the attention. She loves it. She gives multiple interviews, gives the right documentaries, whatever. Yeah. Um, but her chain, her story changes. She like to, she likes to exaggerate it and tell this, that, and the, you know. So if you watch like different documentaries, you might hear different, you know, more exaggerated or less exaggerated stories. But the point is, she likes the attention. And um, January fourteenth, nineteen ninety two, her two week trial starts. The press has labeled her the damsel of death, and. The prosecution paints her as just an evil, vile, soulless woman. They completely leave out the fact that the first person that she murdered was a convicted rapist who was out on prison. Of course. Um, And 
they get their star witness, of course, is Tyra, who comes in and talks about how she lived in fear of Eileen the whole time. She was terrified. You know, what a bad person Eileen is, yada, yada, yada. And this just completely shocks Eileen. She was not prepared for it. Of course. It throws her for a loop. And so by the time they get Eileen on the stand on January 27th, Eileen's upset, depressed. She's spiraling. She doesn't, she's so, that Tyra thing really threw her off so much. Could you imagine? Yeah. The only person that she thought loved her ever. Flipped on her. Yeah. And so by the time she gets up there, she tells the jury that, yeah, she did it because she fucking hates people and she would do it all again. She'd kill again. Fuck everybody, basically. Right. She goes back to her ways of fuck you. Yeah. Before you can fuck me, fuck you. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, two hours later, after the trial ends, they find her guilty. They sentence her, sentence her to death. Um. She tries, she eventually recants her statements. But what she recants is that before her defense team had had her going for like self-defense. Yeah. She recants that. She goes, nope, it wasn't self-defense. Fuck it. I robbed him because I wanted to kill him. Um, She waives her rights to any appeals. She wants to die. Let's get this show on the road, you know. But they make her, like I said before, they, um, she spends 10 years on death row in 2002, Jeb Bush lifts Florida's temporary execution ban just to make sure that Eileen can get executed. She's interviewed the morning of her execution and she just kind of seems tired. You think? And lost. And she's babbling on and on about these conspiracy theories. And like, she's just really out there, which is crazy. She's broken. She's fucking broken. Because before they could get the green light to execute her, she had to pass a psych evaluation to make sure that she was in of right mind to be executed, meaning that they're not executing a fucking crazy person who couldn't help themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So she passed a psych evaluation 24 hours before she was supposed to get executed. Barely. She, she passes this psych evaluation, and then they interview her, and she's talking. I mean, I watched a small clip of it, yeah. and I'm like, what? It's gibberish. And if you see the quotes and stuff that she's saying, it's just really out there yeah. stuff. So uh, how she packed a psych evaluation, passed a psych evaluation, I have no idea. Right. But she did. Um, and then she goes, it's by lethal injection at 46 years old, Eileen Warnos faces lethal injection. Her last, wo- so first of all, her last meal, do you know what it is? No. A single black cup of coffee. Oh my goodness. And her last words are, I just like to say I'm sailing with the rock. I'll be and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie Big Mothership and all. I'll be back. And then she dies of lethal injection. And, um, you know, it's one of those things. Like I said, people are still split as the years have gone on. This was oh, by the way, this was um, 2002. Mm. I think I want to say October 9th, 2002. But if I'm wrong, correct me. That sounds right. But yeah, so that's 2002. So it was semi, I mean, I guess it's not recent now because we're in the 20s, but feels like it to us because mm-hmm. we're old. Um, but yeah, so people are still split on, was it self-defense every time? Did she have a right to kill those people because they were pieces of the shit? Yeah. Or is she a cold-blooded, soulless murderer? And people right. are kind of split. They go one camp or the other. Um, of course, she's had a big <clears throat> um, impact on pop culture, including... 
the 2003 biopic Monster, starring Christina Ricci and starring and produced by Charlize Theron, playing Eileen Warnos. Um, they made it for about $8 million and it grossed $64 million in the box office and got an Oscar, earned an Oscar for, for Charlize Theron. And guess what day the Oscars were? The year that Charlize Theron um, accepted her Oscar. The year that she was executed? No, because it was the following year. She oh. was executed 2002. This was 2003. Oh. The day that she got her Oscar would have been... Um, Eileen's 48th birthday and it was a leap year that year so the oh. Oscars were on February 29th and yeah. it would have been Eileen's 48th birthday wow so that's the case of Eileen Warnos well thank you for doing your movie facts because I did none so <laughs> well I mean I, I wouldn't have known anything about Eileen if it wasn't for that movie I remember yeah. seeing that movie if not when it first came out, when it first came out on like DVD or whatever, right. mm-hmm. we might have even gotten it from a blockbuster video. Right. Um, and of course, everyone was so shocked to see Charlize's transformation. Clearly. It's a world famous transformation that she made because she looks like a goddess in real life. Any other day. Exactly. I think it's she put like on like 30, day. 30 pounds or something to, to play Eileen. Mm-hmm. So there you go. What do you think of Eileen? What do you think? Do you think I'm, she's I guilty? Agree. Well, she's I, obviously guilty. We know but she's guilty. That's just it. It's just how how guilty do you think she is? And like you're saying, and how mentally stable was she? Did she really need to be executed? Could she have gotten treatment? Could she yeah. have gotten help? Yeah. Right? Yeah. She she never got that break in life. And it's that's so crazy. the heartbreaking part. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't think of a worse life to live. No. Mm-mm. Of course, you're going to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you give a lot more detail into the childhood, obviously, than the movie goes into. But they do give a few little insights here and there. And even that alone, you're just disgusted. Yeah. And I've only seen the movie once that one time long, long ago. Like, I forgot Christina Ricci was in it. So... For some reason, I was convinced Billy Bob Thornton was in this movie. I think you're mixing it up with Monsters Ball. I am. With Halle Berry. I am. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what am I thinking about? I'm like, why am I picturing that? So, yeah. I know I had seen both movies. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I got very confused. (laughs) I think they said that's the she was infamous for... Was it like, I feel like it was the first time Halle Berry charged a million dollars for a movie and it's because she got like full frontal naked to do a oh, sex that scene with Billy sex, Bob. Yeah, that sex scene was And she's like, that's crazy. worth a million dollars, baby. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, girl. No, maybe it was more than a million dollars. I feel like a million dollars is easy for an actor to make. Maybe it was 20. It was something crazy. Whatever. Something, no, whatever it was. Whatever it was. She deserved every penny. All right. Anyway, so tell me about Monster. Monster does open with the print on the screen based on a true story. So right there, you're just automatically like, we're in it, Mm -hmm. right? And it's a bunch of images of a little girl, whether or not they're like actual images of Eileen or just movie images, whatever. But we hear the voice of a woman describing herself as a romantic, right? Mm -hmm. She is discussing her dreams of wanting to make it big she wants to just be seen by the world, right? She mm-hmm. wants to be loved and mm-hmm. all those types of things. But 
<clears throat> it's clear that things in her actual life aren't going so great. So this is like her means to escape like her reality. And so as she gets older, she starts, you know, charging boys to flash her bare chest and older men starts to pick her up on the side of the road, offering her money in exchange for, you know, sex. And she claims that she was always just looking for the one, the one person to like really see her or the one person to discover her, the one person that's going to like see her talents outside of that. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and um, like you said, Eileen is played by Charlize Theron. We see her as an adult sitting in the rain, holding a gun in one hand and a $5 bill in the other. And she's basically contemplating suicide. Yeah. <laughs> and she decides that it's more important to spend this last $5. Like I earned this last $5. So she does. She goes to a gay bar. Mm -hmm. And this is where she meets Selby. I'm assuming they changed the name because, you know. And I saw something. I can't remember what I was reading about it. But um, somewhere it it did pique my interest that um, the Tyra character, they said, was a little bit looser based than like Charlize is playing for sure Eileen. Yeah. Um, but, but the yeah, Selby. they said, yeah, Tyra, they kind of loosened it up a little bit on how exact it okay. was to history. So Selby, the Tyra character played by Christina Ricci, she also like is the type that hasn't been getting much attention in mm-hmm. her life. She is kind of like a closeted gay, mm-hmm. I guess. Like her family's not approving of it Kay. at all. And so she's been forced to like go stay with this family and um as soon as eileen makes her way into the bar it's like selby was immediately attracted to her almost Mm -hmm. like a wounded puppy kind of a situation right okay meaning that selby felt like a wounded puppy or like eileen was giving off wounded puppy vibes eileen was giving off the vibes and so selby's like i'm gonna go over there i'm gonna buy a pitcher of beer i'm gonna offer her beer kind of trying to be nice Mm mm-hmm Exactly. And Eileen's making it clear, like, I'm not gay. I don't want any confusion. And uh, so he's like, well, then what are you even doing here? And so Eileen, who goes by Lee, Mm -hmm. says her car broke down and she needed to get out of the rain. And she gets up to leave. And Selby, like, gently kind of, like, grabs her arm and she flips flips out don't fucking touch me you dyke just goes off wow the anger issues Mm -hmm. like you talked about plus i'm sure she has issues being touched uh, how could you not be right especially Mm -hmm. if you don't know what's coming right i'm not about to fuck you for a fucking beer this and that so selby is like horrified Mm -hmm. like i was just trying to talk to you i don't know what's going on lee can see that just like herself there's something like broken in selby and they have like a connection and so she decides to sit down and they do they drink the beers not only do they drink the beers they end up like shutting the place down they Mm -hmm. get fucking wasted and um not wanting the fun to end selby invites lee to stay with her so to kind of describe the place 
she's staying in in like a detached in-law type unit something kind of like this right Mm -hmm. bigger yeah you know but still a, a little tiny house in the back of somebody else's house exactly yeah and so it's a very small bed and she offers Lee like a shower, a change of clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of cuddle in this little like twin size bed. That's cute. It is. But the next morning they get interrupted. I mean, they didn't do anything, but still like by the family that's hosting her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their family of her family or just friends or whatever, but it's like it's time for church. And you know this shit's not going to fucking fly. Like, you know this shit's not cool. So, before Lee leaves, Selby invites her to meet up later that night. And we see Lee sneak into a storage unit where she keeps her things. Is this relevant at all? That never came up, I think it's... So, it never came up in the podcast of the things I read, but I definitely, because I was reading an interview with Charlize, and she was saying that the director, who's also a woman, I believe her name is Patty, I can't remember her last name, um, did such a deep dive on the details of Eileen's life, and that she even had access, I don't know if it was through Eileen herself, or through a third party, but she got her hands, I think it was through Eileen herself, she had letters from prison written by Eileen. Yeah. So there are facts in this movie and details in this movie that even people who do research don't know because okay. this comes from like Eileen herself. So the storage thing could absolutely be factual and not be in any article anywhere. See, because I wasn't sure if it was really relevant or not or just like a made up for movie thing because there's this man who owns the storage unit place, Mm -hmm. an elderly man. And he's very compassionate towards her, very caring Mm -hmm. towards her. Like he himself looks like he's homeless. Yeah. But he owns this place. And so she's like, I'm sorry, I'm late on the rent again. And he's like, I know you're going to get it to me when you get it to me. Like, are you okay? That's nice. Yeah, very much so. And so I was... Just more so trying to confirm, like, if he was a real person Yeah, or not. not that I read anywhere, but it could be something that the director knew that we didn't. Or, like you said, it could be something that they put in there just to... Warm really up the dri- movie. And to, like, drive home the fact of, like, she has nothing. Yeah. She has nowhere to go. Right. This guy's worried about her and look what he looks like. So, I don't know if I'll... Anyways, anyways, yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> but we see her, like, wiping herself clean in public restrooms using Mm -hmm. hand dryers to blow out her hair (sighs) nightmare you know and then she does she meets up with selby at a local roller rink okay that's fun and while they're spending time together lee questions selby like why doesn't she have any friends where's her family um she had broken her arm i don't know if that's relevant to anything but it was kind of weird yeah and basically, Selby's just like, you know, my family doesn't approve of my lifestyle, so I'm living at this house for now, and I'm living off of my dad's money because he's paying for my medical bills, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where the whole arm thing comes into play. And so um, it's like, I'll get my cast off, and once my cast is off, like, I'll get a job, and I'll I'll finally be able to be me, mm-hmm. okay? And so Selby questions Lee, like, why are you a sex worker? And quickly Lee's just like, I'm good at it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something I've always known. It's just, this This is what I do. This is my life. 
And it's cute. So the two of them, they get on the roller skating rink or whatever. And Selby's never done it before. And so Lee's kind of showing her what's up. And they slow dance to Journey. Don't stop believing. This might be a great time to let you know that Steve Perry was a big part of this movie. And he was in charge of basically like the soundtrack. Amazing. Steve Perry had a big hand in Monster. Well, then, hey, here we go. I'm so glad I even brought it up. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was for selfish reasons, obviously. Of course. How could you get better? Nothing's better than Journey. That's a great little fun fact. Mm -hmm. And this is when they kiss for the first time. Nice. And Selby's surprised, obviously. Like, you said you weren't into girls. And Lee explained, she's like, to be honest, I'm not into anybody. Like, I've never known to be into anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, this is the first time. And so they're going at it, like, behind the alley. (laughs) And the boy who lives at the house that she's staying at sees her, mm-hmm. like, making out with Lee. Mm-hmm. And obviously goes home and, like, narks. You fucking snitch. I know, right? Gross. hmm And so they kind of make a plan to, like, escape and, like, live together. Mm-hmm. And, um... Lee's like, let me just go work a couple jobs, get some money, and like it'll be us. Yeah. Together forever. Fantastic. Right. And this is when we love a plan. (laughs) And this is when we meet our piece of garbage, our just worst of worst human waste. Richard? The one who sodomizes her. You got Richard. Yes. Right. And the whole thing takes her out into the middle of the woods, blah, blah, blah. He hits her over the head Mm -hmm. with the bottle of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't actually realize what's going on until he sodomizes her. That, like, wakes her up. She wakes up during that. Oh, God. It's just the fucking worst. Mm -hmm. And then immediately starts scrambling and, like, fighting for her life. Mm -hmm. Which clearly works out. Okay. And I don't know. Tell me how they shot it. Because Charlize Theron's really tall. She's like a big woman. Yeah. Um. So did they shoot it? Does she seem really tall in the movie? She does. Okay. Because that's the only thing that's like, I remember that. When about- you said how small she was, that was shocking. shocking. Yeah. Because yeah. no. mm-hmm. that's what I keep thinking about is like, it's bad enough that this is happening. And it's bad enough to see that visual. No, and imagine how small Christina Ricci is. Right. And it's like so bad to think of like, even that visual of Charlize Theron having to like fight this dude out no, of her. No, but then this tiny And woman. now picture her in real life at five foot three mm-hmm. doing this yeah. shit. No, that's Crazy. like a child size. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm five foot two, but yeah, I hear you. But I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Mm-hmm. So having the feeling that this man is going to kill her, she, you know, gets through her restraints, finds her gun and shoots him. Hides his body cleans herself up and leaves in his car. And obviously Selby is like at this point thinking she's been stood up. So she's kind of just like, I don't know what's happening. If Lee's ever going to come back. Right. And he comes pounding on her window in the middle of the night, again, getting her caught by these people. And, uh, they make these plans like, you're going to come with me. And we're going to start our life together. Look, here's the car. I said I was going to do this. Let's do this. 
So they go and they stay in a motel. And she's like, you're never going to meet another person like me. And um, eventually, Selby, they go and they live in the motel and everything's great. But she goes back to the house to get some of her belongings and she gets caught. And she's like, look, I'm an adult. I can make my own choices. And so to like prove herself, Lee's like, fine, I'm going to stop being a sex worker and I'm going to try to get a real job. Okay. And at these interviews, she's just completely demeaned and like made to be a complete butt of the joke. Just made to feel like garbage. At her interviews? Yeah. Right. Because no. she has no real resume. Like, right. um, imagine the clothes that yeah, she's yeah, wearing. Yeah. No, to I the, get it. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of what jobs she was going out for, like waitress type jobs, cleaners. No, like legal secretary. All right, Eileen. Yeah, like real. We might job. be shooting a little high yeah, here. Uh huh. God bless her for trying. I know. So after so many like ruthless rejections, she finally goes back to what she knows best. And with her bad fucking temper, I mean, it got her some attention leaving some of these interviews, right? Because as soon as they reject her, she just fucking loses it. Mm -hmm. And so Selby is wanting a real life. She wants a home. She wants regular meals. She wants Lee to be around. Well, then maybe she should have picked a different girlfriend. Right. I mean, come on. She accuses Lee of like using her for her family's money. And so when she threatens to leave Lee, Lee finally tells her the truth about what happened to her the night that she came home with the car and the guy's money and her having to kill him and everything. Mm hmm. And so that's the real reason she wanted to stop working on the street and that basically they have nothing left. And so if she doesn't go back to doing that, it's all she's known since she was 13. Like a real job's not going to work out for her. Is Selby's arm still broken or is she contemplated getting a job? She still has this fucking cast on because she claims she can't get it off without money like the insurance, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Fine. Okay. So her first night back at work, a John asks for some head and this gives Lee like some PTSD because that had happened the night that everything went down. Mm -hmm. And so immediately she gets like the jitters and she shoots the guy and steals his money and his car. So here we go. It's like, is she killing someone because they're actually bad or is she killing someone? Cause she's having issues. Mm -hmm. So this is the fine line that we're on. But Selby is ecstatic about all the money that Lee's making and they've got the car and everything's great. And so um, that night, Lee tells her that she loves her for the first time and they seem really happy, right? Okay. And they dream about buying a beach home and the keys and having this life together, blah, blah, blah. But to afford this lifestyle, Lee has to continue to do her sex work. 
But now she's doing it with like the intention of killing these guys. Right. Like she's almost seeking out the worst scum possible. Yeah. It's like if you're a nice guy, she doesn't want anything to do with you. But if you're a scummy guy, then she feels like, oh, she's helping the world by getting rid of these. And she almost like sets them up with questions like, oh, do you want to, do you want to slap me around daddy? Do you want to choke me? Like, do you want to right? kind of feeling them out? And they're like, if they're like, no, I I just want this or that. She's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't (laughs) got time for you. (laughs) That's funny. Mm -hmm. So one day while Lee is sleeping, Selby takes one of the stolen cars out to a bar when she gets home, Leah's scolding her. They get into a big fight. And Selby's always wanting more. Yeah. Right? Always. It's always something with her. And so Selby and Lee go for a drive. And Selby or and Lee is telling Selby about one day when she was ki- was a kid. And she remembers being at a party. When all the kids kicked her out because she had slept with one of the boys that was at the party. And um, her siblings were at the party and they didn't stand up for her. And she knew like right then and there that she had no one. Like she was on her own. Yeah. And that really happened. Mm -hmm. That happened. She threw, she had gotten some money doing what she does as a, and she was like, probably like, like this is right before she got kicked out so like 14 15 yeah mm-hmm. so she took whatever money she had to buy beer for everybody and threw a party i'm assuming at her grandpa's house i'm assuming her grandpa wasn't home mm-hmm. right and everybody showed up all the people who she wants to be friends with showed up and they did they kicked her out of the house and locked her out all the beer she had provided yes the, mm-hmm. yep and they made a big point of that the podcast of like that was the moment where she was like you know what this, i'm on Fuck. my own this yeah i'm done and the siblings siblings plural thing i did not go into her other siblings i had seen somewhere they had talked about a brother testifying against her and obviously it's not keith because keith died so i think somewhere out there there she had like half siblings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but again nobody really talked they didn't talk about them at all in the podcast and i didn't see them mentioned very like at all in these articles it was like a separate headline i had seen so i didn't really go into it but i Mm -hmm. think somewhere out there she has other either step or half siblings in the world for sure so listening to the story selby loses control of the car And they go driving off the road. So this is our 4th of July accident. Crashing into someone's front yard. And knowing damn well the car is stolen, Lee freaks the fuck out, tells Selby to get out and run. Yep. Selby refuses. And Lee's like, bitch, have you not figured out what's going on? I feel like Selby's really kind of dead weight here, Eileen. absolutely. Lee convinces Selby that she's only killed the people who deserve to die. And that every day, basically, there are people out there dying, whether it's over, like, religion or politics, what have you. And so Lee believes that she did what she had to do to keep Selby happy and keep them alive Mm -hmm. and convinces her, like, let's just go back to our regular life. And they go back to the motel, ditch the car, goes back to sex work and gets herself a new John. And while he's undressing, she's telling this guy a childhood story about getting raped 
at the age of eight mm-hmm. by one of her dad's friends. But I guess this would have been like her, her grandpa. grandpa's friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we know exactly what happens after that. She says she tried to tell her dad, ended up getting beaten, ends up having the abortion. Yeah. The whole the whole to do. Clearly, this turns the man off. And I can't imagine why. Right. And so when he's trying to leave, she pulls the gun on him and kills him. Right. So again, it's like, what what did he really do that was wrong? Right. Yeah. But he rejected her. And so um, this man, we find out, has a wheelchair-bound wife at home. Oh, no. And he's a cop. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Right? So we know for a fact that he's innocent. Mm-hmm. And so she knows she's fucked up. And she leaves the car, heads home to Selby, and tells her what she's done. She tries to give Selby everything. She's got all the money, everything to get her the fuck out of town. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm trying to save you. Just leave. And so instead of leaving with her, having any plan whatsoever, she fucking goes back to her local bar. Like you said, like yeah. 11 a.m. ready to roll. Like, <laughs> Let's just start drinking where um, we've got these two men trying to pick her up, solicit her for a good time, right? And uh, by the time she figures out what's going on, she's already being arrested. And I don't know how this works. So they've already got her in custody. Like Mm -hmm. she's in the jumpsuit, the whole thing. It looks like she's in prison when she's on the phone. Mm-hmm. with Selby and the mm-hmm. whole conversation goes down that's recorded. Yeah. So she's on the phone basically saying like, I don't know. So Lee to Selby, like, I don't know why you're saying these things. Like, you know, they could be listening right now. Like, why are you trying to put me on the spot? Mm-hmm. Like knowing almost that she was getting set up. And then yeah. finally. Yeah. In real life, Eileen knew it was set up too. Okay. And so, yeah, so finally Selby's just like, look, I don't I don't want to go down for something that you did. And basically, like, all Lee wants to do is give Selby the life they always dreamed of, right? She yeah. takes all the responsibility, everything, even though she does believe herself to be innocent. Mm-hmm. And so we see them go through the whole court thing where she sits there and watches this woman that she loved just completely run her through the fucking garbage. Oh, my Lord. And uh, the end notes on the movie was that Eileen was executed October 9th, 2002. Perfect. After 12 years on death row in Florida. There you go. And that's it. So you got it. So how many knives do you give it, B? That dramatic movie. Did you like it? I did like the movie very uh-huh. much. Yeah. And to be fair, like, even though it's a very dramatic movie, like, there was a little bit of comic relief. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Charlize did try to make herself, like, a relatable, kind of silly, goofy. Yeah, she didn't didn't want her to just be a complete actual monster. Exactly. I mean, even though she had her moments where she obviously, 
flipped her lid and just went off on people. She was still very sweet and endearing in her own ways. And again, with that kind of childhood and background, how are you not supposed to be that way? And you made it so much worse, like so much more. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I know. Um, I remember seeing a thing about Charlize was even talking about. I saw this a long time ago. I feel like this was like more when the movie was about to come out or it just came out. It was an interview I saw. So I'm not I can't I don't have anyone to give credit to. It's something I saw 20 years ago. Right. But Charlize was talking about how um, even the way they portrayed Eileen in the media and like the pictures they used for the newspaper from the trial and stuff, they would use pictures where she looks absolutely crazy. But if you watch the clip, they would take a just a shot of like Eileen trying to get like the hair out of her face right? or moving a certain way. And then the press would take a, just a quick, snapshot of that so then when you see the picture she's making a crazy face or she's doing something weird with her hair it's one of my favorite things to do when i watch reality tv is to pause it Uh because you'll pause it on some of the craziest fucking faces yeah it's so good so yeah Charlize was saying like even stuff like that where they were trying to i mean obviously again she's guilty she did these murders it's horrific but it's like they try to make it even worse yes where it's I like agree. they try to make her look like a lunatic yes which you know maybe she was but they really spun that narrative i want to say real quick because i didn't really go into each person's individual murder because mm. it gets redundant i mean how many times do you need to tell you that she picked up a john and they went somewhere she shot, shot him, him she robbed him and she dumped the body somewhere yeah. i mean it gets repetitive but real quick we have Richard Charles Mallory, which we don't feel bad for because it sounds like he was a real piece of shit. David Andrew Spears, Charles Edmund Karskadon, Peter Abram Seams, Troy Eugene Burris, Charles Richard Humphreys. And the I, I was looking at this when you were talking because this is the guy who said, oh, it was a cop. Mm-hmm. He's a retired U.S. Air Force major, a former state child abuse investigator oh, and a shit. former chief, chief of police. Wow. And I did read in one of the articles that this guy of all the guys was actually trying to help her. I don't know if he was trying to help her, but his family very much disputes that he'd be the type of person who would pick up a sex worker. In the movie, they made him out to be like, the only reason he picked her up that night was because it was dark. Mm-hmm. She could have been hurt. He's like, I have a room. I'm happy to help you, bring you in. But because he saw her gun, mm. she's like, well, now you know. Like, you know who I am. You're going to piece it together. Like, I have to kill you. Yeah. So that's kind of the story that his family has been sticking to as well. That's, yeah. That's they're like, absolutely not. Right. No way in hell. But, would... you know, you never know. All types of people pick up yeah. sex workers mm-hmm. and you know even the movie back that up it's the oldest profession in the world so who knows what's right and what's wrong but that's him and then the last one was walter gino antonio okay so i just wanted to make sure that the victims so there was somebody else after it looks like it or i don't know if they're in age in order in order whatever this is just the order on wikipedia that they're listed so i don't know what order they're actually in okay and this is the seven men that eileen killed in a 12 month period that's a lot yeah it's a lot mm-hmm. but um there you go so those were the victims so you ready to talk about my look of the week 
B's look of the week. She's going for Eileen. She's going for the Charlize Theron version of Eileen. Like in the movie, Monster. The movie poster version. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she's got on a pretty great outfit. I actually love this outfit. Yeah. Camo jacket. It's more so the the cut off sleeve. You got your shirt. like kind of eighties muscle shirt on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you did her, I mean, the hair in that movie is kind of the thing I always remember because it always looks like she has it slicked back with like water or it's really greasy. Yes, it's both. Yeah. Right, it's because she's showering in public restrooms. Yep. So she tries to clean it, but it's still greasy. So she wets it back and the bottom's all frizzy and puffed out. Yeah, I just remember a lot of Charlize Theron like, like, uh, like mm-hmm. flipping her hair back and like... I don't know. Yeah. I can't describe it in words, but I have a mental image in my of head. Of course. And you would, of course. And then we decided to get crazy because in the movie, um, Charlize has basically almost no eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to do the eyebrow blocking technique. I don't know if you guys have seen it. A lot of drag queens do it or a lot of makeup artists who need their eyebrows to disappear so they can like put something else on top of them. Mm-hmm. Either a new set of eyebrows or like appliques or whatever. They'll do this. So you like um, glue them down with a glue stick like a literal elmer's child's glue stick we used my kids we did glue she stick. was using it to glue actual objects to paper my yeah. daughter was my oldest daughter lila my oh, artist like fucking share bitch. and we're like that's the glue stick we need <laughs> so we glued b's eyebrows down we tried to follow the steps with the concealer and whatever it didn't turn out as good as the as the lady that we were watching but you know good enough yeah for 10 minutes in my kitchen and um we're gonna try to turn it into a tickety talkity we're gonna try to do a tiktok we're gonna try we gonna try and like i said i swear to god i'll get around to that someday this might be the first this is not the first one we have other ones but i'll try really hard tomorrow to play around with what we did tonight and see if we can make it into a tiktok because we got to do something uh, besides our instagram with these fucking blocked out brows i mean <sighs> listen they're worth we put in the all, all all the effort. That's just like glue, one of the only other the concealer. One of the only other TikToks that have our actual faces in it is you on John Wayne Gacy night dressed up in head to toe clown makeup doing a beer bong. Yep. Because it's like, well, we gotta do something with this. We, we have can't to. Just My sit cheeks here. were stained for a week. It was crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just to let you guys know, if the middle of this podcast starts to get a little weird um we cut out we, we cut had... out a bunch we had a real problem in the middle one we're having technical difficulties tonight our mics keep cutting out which i'm fighting against and two i'm sure i've probably mentioned it at least once i'm type 1 diabetic and my blood sugar took a real nosedive in the middle which made me get real weird and goofy oh, we got a little silly we got a little silly it was fun we but and I it's laughed a lot. not disrespectful towards the case. No, or I was the having victims. an actual physical reaction to my blood sugar being very low. So, um, yes, I'm going to try to edit out as much as I can. But if there's some like goofy stuff in the middle or, or if offensive, it seems like we're talking weird, that's why. Um, but you know, there you go. So, uh, how many knives do you give the movie? Did we already answer that? No, we okay. have not. I would give it. 3.5 okay it wasn't very accurate okay right that's my only thing let me drink some of your wine so you don't have to spend all the time refilling mine right now oh well fine. you know or you feel at home fine fine drink so 3.5 well yeah. it's more than the two you gave my bloody valentine last week yeah 
I mean, it was okay. It was an all right movie. It, it was a little slow. It's a real movie. You know, I don't do great with those. <laughs> I think... Um, I enjoyed the acting. Siskel and Ebert. Which one's Ebert? I don't fucking know. Whichever one, one, I whichever know. one Ebert is. No offense. I'll, that'll be a follow-up for next week. Said it was like... Like one of his top three favorite movies of the decade. Wow. So not of okay, all time, yeah. but of the decade it was all released. Right. So the, what was that 2000, 2010? He, he said it was like one of his top three yeah. favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but re- I think they also real said Real taste versus no taste. Yeah, yeah but I think they also said something like the Titanic was going to be a flop. So what do they know? Yeah. Exactly. God rest their souls. Yeah. But you know, not wow. everyone. Well, I don't know. Is it worth me watching again? Mm. No. No. I think you see it. You know it. Even though I tried to make it into a completely different movie. I tried to merge it with Monster's Ball and make those two into one movie. I mean, I feel like they have similar vibes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? Um, I mean, uh, season 10 of Married at First Sight is officially on Hulu. So I can't wait. What, are you done with season nine yet? Yes. I haven't have talked we not about, talked about it yet? I, I don't know. I just I haven't wanted to like bring it up on the podcast. Let's okay. Let's go through all of our legit stuff before I spiral into. Literally, the only legit thing we have is Instagram at this point. There we THC go. THC podcast on Instagram, Facebook page. I never post. Twitter. I never post. It's all on Instagram robust baby. And then yes, we're gonna try to make some TikToks, which is just THC podcast on TikTok. Okay. And like we said, we're on all streaming platforms. Wherever you're listening to us right now, if you could please give us, if you think we've earned it, a five-star review. Leave a comment. Leave a review. It really helps get the podcast out there. We would really appreciate it. And if not, fuck it. We love you anyways. Yeah. And Thank this you is so much for listening. Shit's going to get weird. Not that. I can't get any weirder than it just got because yeah. we went down a real spiral mm-hmm. that you guys missed. I really wish we had like a Patreon or like an extra thing that you could pay for to and hear to the see, uncut version because yeah. it was disaster city in the pod shed for a solid, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, we were a mess. But it look, I pulled time. it. But isn't it so funny how to watch we're how back. my blood we're sugar back. changes? Yeah. You could like almost see when the apple juice kicked in, couldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> I went back to normal, you know. Low blood sugar is kind of fun, though, sometimes. Oh, I was having a blast. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if you've listened this far and you can't listen anymore, we understand. Yeah, please. Bless your heart. The fact Thanks you so much. this far. Yep. And if you want to keep listening, we are talking about, because we haven't talked about it in a few weeks on the podcast. This is the second half, like the end tale of season nine. Of season nine, which thus far has been my favorite season yes, of Married at First Sight. It's a train wreck. It's the season that hooked me because I watched a, it before any of the other seasons. It's a mess. And I was like, oh, this is a show I have it's to watch so on a regular basis. It's so crazy. So what did you think of season nine, Married at First Sight? So we did the silly nicknames earlier, which I remember none of them. No. Okay. And so a very fast recap on our couples. We have Matt, the basketball player with the athletic girl. Who's who, like a tomboy. Tomboy. She's super sweet yeah. and cute. She's completely smitten with him. And he seems like a real catch. Yeah. Then we have the couple where the girl was single for like eight years or something like that. Even longer. But yes. Okay. And she's nice, but maybe a little hard to like. I can really relate to her. Yeah. She's very much about 
her life. Yeah. She's been single for so long. She's she's used to things her way. All the single ladies, like independent woman kind of. And if you're going to be with her, you got to figure out a way to fit into that. You got to break through it. You got to chip away at all She's not going to just change. I can very much relate. This is so me and my husband's relationship. Yeah. She's not just going to change everything to make you comfortable. You better figure it out. And then, and then her husband's like a really sweet guy. The sweetest. Very sweet, down to earth, good dude. And then like, we have... she yelled at him for giving too many compliments. Yes. Yes. Which is very you. Yes. You're like, can you shut the right? fuck up? Like, can you please? Can you stop being so nice, right? please? Stop. It's making me uncomfortable. Like, it's fake. Um, it's not fake, no, though. No, I know. That's just how she feels. Yes. Um, and then you have the fiery redhead with her kind of dick <laughs> they call him mr picky or something i call yeah. him mr douchey but yeah. fine there's those two and she's like a daddy's girl never had a to work super hard mm-hmm. kind of weird and then the virgin the virgin how could i forgot the virgin and the mentor it, a really, uh, another really sweet husband mm-hmm. yeah kind sweet mm-hmm. patient yeah he was not signing up to be with a virgin no. that was not something anybody would expect Mm-mm. and she's she's also a great she's woman. amazing she's amazing but she's a virgin and not just that but like their not maturity trying. levels yeah, she's are not, very different she's not trying at all to make anything affectionate happen so here's how it all comes down right so even though they were given the exercises like the sexy dice. Yeah, I remember it all. She brushed it all off. She couldn't do any of it. And she's when it, so awkward. Like she won't even like kiss him or nope. hold his hand. It was like blow boobs, and she's like, absolutely not. And mm-hmm. he's like, you gotta just stop. Like you're taking this way too seriously. Yeah. And it's like, nope, can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so finally, she did. She broke down, and they did like a little edible paint or whatever. But still, it was like on her elbow. Or like on her collarbone. <laughs> it was a rough one, man. Yeah. God bless the dude that that ended up. And with he, her. the way that he broke it off with her, they don't make it. The way that he broke it off with her was so respectful. He's like, I adore you as a person. You are such an amazing person to have in my life, and I am so fortunate to have been around you in this and that. He's like, we are just not on the same le- like level. Like I'm not that guy for you. You deserve that guy for you. And it's- and I'm not that guy. And in all fairness, and hopefully, I mean, I have not looked into what where they are now or whatever. Hopefully she finds that someday and she realizes that like marriage and this level of relationship comes with a lot of physical affection the and attraction. that we place on a woman and their virginity. It's oh, such bullshit. Oh, don't even bullshit. get me started because I'm not in the right mind frame to like actually talk about it's that. It's such bullshit. It's garbage. But you know what? To some people, it's not garbage. I to know. some people, it's very important. But what I'm saying is, is marriage and all of this comes with a, at least in my world, Comes with a lot of physical affection of and attraction, and if you don't and have sweetness, that. and so I understand that it doesn't come easy or natural for her. But I understand that for him, it's like That's, this can't be our marriage. No. It can't be somebody mm-hmm. I'm married to, and I completely get that. I could not be married to somebody who can't even fucking hold my hand. Right, I would die. You know me. I need constant reassurance and physical affection. And that's something that I have to work on constantly because I'm not that person and I need to be more. 
you've gotten you came so many leaps i and have bounds. i have for sure you used to not yeah. even hug people no i you know you couldn't even hug people for sure no f- yeah so anyways i totally and that's get. why i again like i said i relate to i think it's like diana and greg or whatever yeah. they're my favorite couple and they do make it through which is very ironic because they're the ones that they always show for the like the, the clip mm-hmm. for Hulu, yeah. For like, don't you want to watch this show, Married yeah. at First Sight? And then they show Deanna and like, Greg. They're the drama couple, and they're the perfect couple. And you're always like, why are they showing them? Like, you mm-hmm. couldn't like figure out. Maybe it's because I don't know why. But anyway, they're so solid. And see, so now amazing. you know why they show them. I love them. They're, they're the my best. Mm-hmm. I also love his name's Greg because mm-hmm. you don't meet too many young Gregs. You know, but he looks like a Greg. He does. Oh, my God. When they go and play golf and yeah. she's so good at it and he's so bad yeah. and it's in front of all of her friends and family. And it's so sweet. Oh, they're great. Yeah, I know. And they do make it. They do. And they still are together. Yeah. In all fairness, this is season nine. So it's not that long ago. Right. We'll have to check back in in like a year or two. Exactly. But yeah, nope. I loved them. And they seemed like because it took her a while to warm up to it she was very honest she's like i went from this is okay to i like him to i'm really like in like with Mm -hmm. him and i don't think even when they ended the show that they were saying that they love each other or maybe it was like when they agreed to stay together that they finally admitted to loving each other right it took a lot but and that's fair because the whole yeah, thing is only like six weeks. For sure. Like, of course. I didn't say I love you to my husband the first six weeks of a I relationship. I looked at my husband and told him, don't get used to this. <laughs> that's what I said to my now husband of how many years. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Don't get used to this. Yeah. My husband and I started dating at the very beginning of September. And that we started dating after years of friendship. Yeah. And September, October, November, December, because we said, I love you on Christmas. Mm. So that's like way more than six weeks. Mm-hmm. A, and even that felt very soon. Yeah. But and, I mean, we loved each other. But even then it was like, so what is that? September, October, November, three, almost four months into it yeah. before we said, I love you. And, and even they have that, two months. And I even think. that fe- felt way very too early. Soon. No, it didn't feel too early. But yeah. But, you know, upon retrospect, I could see how that Mm -hmm. it looks very soon. So anyways, these people I know. So, yes, we love them. That was great. And and a shining example that I stand by still, the longer they wait to have sex, to have sex and be affectionate with each other. Not every time, but almost every time Mm -hmm. it ends up boating better for the couple in the long run. So I want to go then to our Matt. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Basketball. Basketball hottie. Super hottie Matt. What a piece of shit. Who could not keep it in the pants. Not for a day. No. Not for one Why second. was he even on the show? I don't know. Because he's homeless. Right. Because he needs a place no, to stay. No, literally, like, because he was out of a job, he wasn't sure if he was going to get this next round of European yeah. basketball tours. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'll sign up for this show and see if I can yeah. get some. Mm-hmm. And she was so into him. And she's so sweet. She was so into him. And she's so sweet. And even her family going into this was like, she's the sweetest girl on the planet. If she gets hurt again. Oh, my God. Because she had been hurt like this before. Like where someone took total advantage of her. Mm -hmm. Because it's just so easy. Right? Because she's just so loving and wanting of this to happen and to work. 
Yeah. And for her. And just fell into the. I think it was. It was literally the night before decision day that her best friend, the man who's clearly in love with her. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her best friend who's literally in love with her. Obviously in love with her. They're perfect for each other. I (laughs) hope they're together. They're not. They need to be. Um, he tells her that he saw Matt out at a bar with another girl the night before decision day. But leading up to that had been a, a whole run. She had suspected it. The well, whole- he wasn't coming home. No, for days. He was ghosting her for days. And she's like. And every time he met with the fucking uh, professionals, he'd be like, I know it's just a lot of pressure and I get nervous, but I'm all in. I'm all in this. I'm all in. And then not talk to his wife. For like two, three And she days. made it so clear. Like he's saying everything everyone wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But what her. he's doing is not backing that up. I mean, listen, I understand that they're new at a relationship and everything. But could you imagine? No. Marrying your husband and then him just not, disappearing no. for three uh, days at no, a time. No. <laughs> and then not wanting to talk about it. Just be like, eh, you know, I was really stressed out. So Yeah. And like. Not only is that fucked up out the gate, but I've always said, like, it's also embarrassing. Don't fucking embarrass me. It's disrespectful. It's so fucking disrespectful, embarrassing. And that's... And the way that her family really loved him. Of course. Right. He he did. He put on this show. He put on this charade of of just being the man that they all wanted. The whole family. Yeah, my husband and I have had a long-standing agreement. Whatever you do and whatever you want to do, you better bring it to the table. Yeah. Because don't you fucking embarrass me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. My husband um, has been married before, and what led to his divorce the first time was the fact that his wife slept with who he thought was his best friend. And ever since then, he is. that's how it's like, you know, on TikTok right now, the trend is like, Tell me your uh, your husband won't cheat without right. telling me that they won't cheat. Same thing. It was like I went into it knowing that at least That's he's not going to cheat on me yeah. because he knows exactly how that feels. Mm-hmm. And he's and also it um, says a lot about me because he to for him to get married again, which, yeah, by the way, I wasn't signing up for marriage. No. I didn't have to be married. Yeah, you knew that I it was care. probably off the tables. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck about marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a piece of paper. I care about commitment. That's why you didn't trust. change your name for so long. And yeah. I know that was laziness, but that was nice of yeah. you to throw in there. Um, <laughs> no, that was just pure laziness because. We lived in the Bay Area and like it's like DMV is an all day thing. Yeah. Social Security is an all day thing. Right. Where we live now, I think I did both but things in one, in one day, shot. Yeah. It was so quick. But um, but yeah, my thing was trust, commitment and kids. Yeah. I really wanted to have kids. I couldn't be with somebody who didn't want to have kids. Luckily, my husband wanted to have kids too. But um, yeah, so that was always our thing is like, don't embarrass me. Yeah. He's been that's so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's so embarrassing. And for him to even show up that day. And to put it the all on her nerves to put it all on her. The, the like, audacity. If I, yeah. If you want to keep going with like, I'm, I'm all in, I'm here as no, you aren't. They all knew he wasn't and they all and, like, couldn't even convince him. They talk about in the reunion, I think, or like, is it called a reunion special yeah. or whatever? The fiery redhead. Cause that's the thing is like all these couples 
live in the same area. Right. They have to. Right. For the show to work, I think. Is they this, all lived in the same apartment complex. Is Where are they in this one? Charleston? North Carolina. North Carolina. I think. Anyways. um, So they all have to be from the same area for for them to still have their families and their yeah. fucking um, jobs. And he has no one. Yeah, he doesn't, but I'm just saying. So for him to go out and fuck half of whatever town Everyone's in, seeing it. Mm-hmm. Her friends are seeing it. They're, the redheads' friends, like the other people on the are cast seeing it. know about it, yeah. you fucking idiot. I guess that was another red flag, though. It's like even his own family, like no one was there to support him. He has no relationship with his own family anymore. So weird. Mm-hmm. Nope. Anyways, so anyways, let's they talk about <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the redhead and her crazy ass fucking husband and their like toxic, either. toxic fucking relationship. So like, like we were talking about Matt and his girl. What is her name? Anyways, <sighs> Amber. Amber, like Matt and Amber, I can get behind Amber. Yes, we love Amber. Yes, and Matt's a piece of shit, and yes. we want the best for Amber. Yes, this couple, mm-hmm. I don't like either one of them. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, call it a day. Or you know what? Fine. Maybe they are meant for each other. They because they're both so gross. Go off and be fucking crazy together. Yeah, because they're both real fucking awful. So, yeah. The shit they say to one another. Yeah, the shit the they way do they to get each off other. on ruining each other. That's really what it is, isn't it? Yeah. That was oh, a big light bulb moment for me. No, it's all... it's a sex game to them. It is. It's all romantic and... S- storybook and like just following it exactly the way it's supposed to be and then turning it into something so gross and angry and disgusting and then turning that into sex yeah you're totally right just i like, didn't really think about it before yeah the whole roller coaster ride of it it's kind of like um the whole abuser it's- but the the other person being abused loves yeah they're like yeah hit me hit yes. me like fine i'll fucking hit you yes degrade me Throw me in the dirt, like wine and dine me, make me feel like a princess, put me on the pedestal and then rip it out from underneath But me. then let me complain Le- to everybody. Yeah. Look at what he's doing to me. Yes. He's degrading me and abusing yes. me. And yeah, because you fucking begged and for it. And then going back. Exactly. And then the, it cycles back. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a... And it makes my stomach sick because I fact, hate drama and I don't want to be part of it. The fact that they stayed together. Yeah. Yeah. And moved to San Francisco. And they're still together. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk about one specific episode only because I thought about you immediately. Oh, God. It's the episode where they go to the cabin. Uh-huh. It's the couple's retreat. Terrified. Do you remember what happened? The spiders? Yes. <laughs> yes. The fucking giant spider downstairs. The fact that I think it was the redhead and her husband, the crazy couple, Deanna and Greg, they had seen it. They had gone down mm-hmm. and they had seen it. And the other two couples showed up and they didn't say shit. And they let the other two couples go down there and stay down there and didn't say a fucking thing. Oh, so did they ever admit to them yes. knowing about the spider? Yes. Then we're throwing hands, bitch. I know. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if nobody knows about it, but for you to know about it and, and leave knowingly it, allow them to go down there and not, not say. only are we throwing hands. Listen, I'm going to be that bitch that's super dramatic then. And I'm no. not really a dramatic person. I'm ripping off my mic. I'm telling the producers to find me a different cabin. Right. I can't sleep with. Yeah. I can't. How can it, I sleep under the same roof as these people? I don't trust them. Yeah. 
Oh, my Lord. I know. The mess I would have made. I thought about the you. The scene I would have created. I <laughs> All I could think about was you. The mess it would have been. And I wanted to, like, bring that into a few episodes now, but I just, I yeah. couldn't find my space. But and I'm really not a dramatic person, but that would have caused me to act up. So how do we handle season 10? Do we watch it together? I really wanted to start watching it together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's going to be a weird week coming up. So I know. We'll, just, we'll see. I was we'll, thinking, when was I thinking about it? I can't remember, but I was thinking like, oh, it'd be so nice to get together with B and start watching season 10 right now. Yeah. But whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We should at least start it together. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. Okay. You know? Okay. But right now, we need to end this. We have got to. We'll talk about starting that, but this, we need to end. I wish you guys could be a fly on the wall for tonight's episode. It's been a disaster. I'm so glad. It's just us in this shed and everything will stay. It's kind of like when you have a bad trip and you're like, guess what? We're the only ones who know about it. No one else. Yeah, maybe it's better that it's our dirty Mm -hmm. secret. Also, the Bonnie and Clyde episode, I'm sure you guys know, didn't have an intro. Yeah. Didn't have me talking right. like on this week's yes, episode. We right. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I had thought about, do I go back and redo it? We're going to no. leave that as a fun fact. Yeah. I feel like it's Bonnie and Clyde deserve it. The, if you're a true fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like they really, um, they're such a legendary couple and such a legendary case. Yeah. That of all the cases, they deserve mm-hmm. to have. A no. weird no intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, would you like to hear what I wanted people to do before they came to the pod shed? No. Because you know how it's always like, oh, grab this and come down to the pod shed. Oh. I was going to say, um, so, what was going to say? So, uh, so back your car in gangster style yes. and join us in the pod shed. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know what we were going to be style. drinking, but it was going to be something stupid from like, the 30s. Something with gin. <laughs> For real. Right. Anywho. Please, we got to go. <laughs> We have to go. We We're going to start Married at the First Sight Season 10. Start along with us. Leave us a comment. Let us know how you feel about it. If this has been a terrible episode, we really apologize. No. We really tried hard. It's great. Okay. We're going to find out. All right. So follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Please listen again next week because I promise you it'll be better than this week. We're doing our best. Yep. We really, really are. And thank you so much. And we love you. And we will see you next time. time. Thank you. God, this is over. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.